on the Flag on the Play podcast for Friday, June 4th. We open up by talking a little bit about the NFL, get into the ins and outs as we always do, move on over to the NBA. We're going to talk a little bit about the Celtics, the eliminated teams, the Knicks, Memphis. We'll mix in some discussion about Trey Young and Devin Booker and then finish off with Bozo of the Week and a new Genius of the Week. We'll be back on Monday with a little in-person action for two of us. Very much looking forward to that, so stay up on all the socials. Do all you've been doing. Send it to your friends. Enjoy the episode. Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. All the day long, hopping and a bopping and a singing his song. All the little birds on the so every one of the officials threw their, their flag and look at people like, got a smile on his face. Rock and Robin. Low Rock and Robin, we're gonna rock up tonight. Every little swallow, every It is Friday, June 4th, and it's the Flag on the Play podcast. I'm your host, Phil, and joining me as always, it's our lovely big man in the middle, Owen. How's it going? Well, I mean... It was going good, and then we got three straight days of 32-degree heat, and I was outside all day, so pretty tiring. I will say tough. that. It has it, been. It's been a struggle, but, I mean, we're here, as always. You're looking tan, though. Yeah, I'm tanned. I'm burnt and tanned, so it's a mix. Yeah, good combo. Yeah, you take what you can get when, with, when it's 32 out, so. <laughs> respect, respect. And our third chair. That's the pride of Serbia. It's Alex. How's it going over there? It's going good. Yeah, like Owen said, it's absolutely sizzling out here. Um, I don't want to complain, but I'm kind of complaining. I mean, I'm sticky. It's hot. Um, fighting some uh, allergies here, too. So, oh. man, pollen freaking everywhere. Like, can't so step outside without getting it blown in your face. So, but hey, I came up, showed up for work today, and I'm going to put in a nice episode here. Yeah, I mean, we're warriors. We fight through. Yeah, That's yeah. just what we do here. Play through injury. I would say we're all injured right now. And we're playing through it. So I would yeah. say so. Is this our flu game? Patting it on the could back. be. Might be. Might yeah, be. Very well could be. You boys know what we like to do to start. And again, like it things are rough in the NFL, but we got to keep you posted. You got to stay sharp. Mini camps are coming up. You can't come in rusty to those because you know what's after that? Training camp. We got to make the 53, man. We got to stay prepared. So this week, we learned that Giovanni Bernard has some of the biggest quads in the whole league. He absolutely looks like a horse. He's uh, playing for the Patriots now, right? Bucks. Bucks. Close. Bucks. Same, same thing. Basically the same, same thing. thing. Basically. Oh, right. He was the only guy they added. So, I mean, no-brainer. You're obviously going to have the guy with the biggest quads. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pick it's him gonna up. Be, it's going to be like a 34-year-old running back. Or however old Giovanni is, an old running back. You need to replace LeSean McCoy, a guy who can sit on the bench and never play a minute all season, no snaps. So yeah, get yeah, the guy who was nasty piece. seven years ago and just yeah. let it ride. Yeah, you yeah. know he's like, a beast uh, in fantasy too, though. Kind of, kind of. But like he'll get you. Like if you need two yards, he'll get you two yards. He'll yeah. be like three guys on him, and he'll get you two yards. But I feel yeah. like every year the main running back on his team gets hurt, and then he's just a hot ad in like weeks. Yeah, yes. everybody's <laughs> like, we need some Giovanni. <laughs> every can, time, every time. I can I can attest to that. I picked him up in the right before playoffs, I think, and he went on a tear for me. He was so good, and then 
out of nowhere, they got this guy. They played the worst run defense, the Texans, and then Sabaj Perine. 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 Perine, dude. Okay, comes in and gets like 20 snaps. I was like, what are you doing? Come on, Let the Gio. guy play. Let Gio cook. Yeah. No, nothing better than when you're expecting your big dog to just get like 30 carries and they just switch up the game plan for no reason and give the rookie yeah. with like no snaps, like 25. And you're like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Who was the, wasn't there a photo of some guy with huge quads that like came out like a week and a half, two weeks ago? I'm telling you, that? this is what happens when there's no stories. It's just look but, at this NFL player. He's jacked. But who was it? Was it, I feel like it was somebody on the, oh man. Uh, last like, year. Last year, I know it was the um, the running back from the Green Bay Packers, AJ Dillon. I'm pretty sure there. Everyone's just like, this yeah. guy has the biggest legs ever. Yeah, stunner. An NFL player has big legs. Crazy. What a concept. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at, at this point, I mean, we all know Saquon Barkley is absolutely packing. Like he's got yep. enormous quads. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, I feel like it's like a little bit of a, a competition with the running backs. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. like. He's like, oh, like, don't take a picture of my quads and and tweet it out on the official team Twitter account. You know, like, yeah, don't do it. Know. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. I'm not I'm extra just... short shorts, but please don't take a photo of me and post it on their Twitter. Yeah, exactly. I'm just rolling up my pants for no reason. Nothing to see <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, I'm not I'm taking <laughs> extra card, extra hard cuts by the photographer. Like, ah, like plant that right like leg, flexing at mid play, like doing yeah. extra flex. <laughs> Selly. Yeah. Other NFL news we got here. Ben Roethlisberger said that this year's offense will, quote, be like nothing that you've seen in the past. Cap, that is just a flat-out lie. I've seen Big Ben for years. I've seen this team for years. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. I mean, it, I'm, I think he means that he's going to be joining the offense in TikToks. I, I, I think that's what he might, you know, is he's trying to, to allude to. Yeah. yeah, unite the locker room. Yeah, unite does, the locker room. Does this mean – like he's going to be part of this offense or is this just like Haskins is unbelievable. He's going to completely turn this team around. Is that what he, is this like a way he's going to introduce Dwayne, that Dwayne Haskins era or what? Maybe a little bit of both Haskins for the first three big Ben for the fourth. Or is this, is this the way he's going to, he's going to say this and then tomorrow they're going to be like, yeah, we actually traded for Julio Jones. So Whoa. Claypool clay. And he's going to, Julio Jones is going to pull up to the press conference. He's going to be like, yeah. Number one reason I came here, Chase Claypool. He recruited me. Couldn't say no to that. So he said he needed me here. Yeah. Yeah. Once he says it on his TikTok, that like you just don't have a choice at that point. You have to do it. Things are looking tough for the Steelers. It's not good. (laughs) Lastly, Dan Campbell. This is another press conference quote. He said Jared Goff has been making some quote wow throws. The full quote was he made five throws yesterday that were just wow. Wow, nice. as in like they were right into the defensive back's hands, or nice. what are we talking about here, Dan? Already on a snap count, love it. Dan knows what he's doing. Doesn't want to like you know if your quarterback's throwing more than five balls a day, that's way too much. He's gonna need Tommy John surgery after. So you gotta be Keep careful. It light. Keep uh-huh. it light. And I mean, just the description. I mean, I've rarely do you hear coaches say "wow" for like a throw. So when he says "wow," I really trust that those are some wow throws. Yeah, you better believe it. I think he's on the Colin Cowherd's like school of quarterback evaluation, where it's like you don't look at the numbers. You say he throws a pretty football. That is a pretty football. Big hands, pretty football. Big hands, firm handshake, thick, pretty football. 
was he a pretty football? That's like Hall of Fame level athlete right there. He was also wearing a racetrack uh, helmet there, boys. I, don't know if I you was going to say. Yeah. Unreal. Detroit Grand Prix here this weekend. He's going to be the uh, the Grand Marshal. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get into F1. I'm not going to lie. Apparently not going to lie. I might have to wake up like at 6 in the morning to watch that. Do the Just DK? get ready for the pregame. Yeah, do like pull a little DK. So, <laughs> you know. No, I'm, I'm down too. F1 watch party this weekend? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Could happen. Maybe we'll live be... stream. Never know. Yeah, never know. Things also things have happened. Just wanted to add another quick NFL story here. Um, Mahomes said today uh, I'd be able to play uh, if there was a game today. Uh, I sure hope so. You're probably the best quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. I think I could play too, just probably not very well. But you know, I'd I, I'd hope so. I could play. I could it's play. A, yeah, you could call me up. I could be like Giovanni Bernard, the quads. Yeah, I'll just you call him up and you just say yeah, like I. I'd be able to play today. No, there you go. I also saw big, big NFL uh, Seahawks are the betting favorites to acquire Julio. And that just, you could just picture him in the Jersey. I don't know about you guys, but I can literally see it right now. Can't you see it? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They kind of have to yeah. like try and get him. No, like, cause Russell's been, Russell wants all the help he can get. Yeah, exactly. You're saying yeah. Rashad Penny and Gerald Everett aren't cutting it. You got to upgrade that. <laughs> Absolutely. Josh Gordon, you're gonna, he's gonna really, you think he's really yeah, gonna yeah. take Josh Gordon's spot in the depth chart? They're gonna get All Josh right. Gordon back again. <laughs> I like that Josh Gordon just became the guy that like teams just were like, well, we could get Josh Gordon. Only like three teams did it. Cleveland did it. They like went through like a four year period of like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe he'll be here this year. Maybe oh, I failed the drug Patriots test on the last did day. it. Now Seahawks are doing it. They're looking at him. Oh, maybe, maybe not. Oh, it's okay. And also, there's always that one guy in our fantasy. I'm sure he's listening, uh, Hugh, that's always <laughs> adding freaking Josh Gordon to the waiver wire and just holds him for like six weeks, and it never works out. So, uh, Hugh, we're thinking about you, buddy. Yeah, play him was, again right now. I can't lie. I think I had him on my bench for about six weeks. So, Might have been 0-2. It was you. But it was, I know, I know, I I know Hugh just loves Josh Gordon. So. A little platoon I mean, situation. This guy must just be the most talented receiver ever because he hasn't played a football game in, it feels like, eight years. And he's still kicking around on rosters, just failing drug tests, working out. Bleacher Report drops a comeback video every, like, year where they interview him. He's like, I'm coming back. I figured it out. Yeah. And then he fails a drug test six months later. If they tweet the pictures, he's looking jacked. Yeah, he's yeah. always looking jacked. Yeah. yeah, it's the Josh Gordon cycle. We're kind of getting used to it at this point, but I'm I'm still holding out hope. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, so heard it here first. Always, the f- always love the workout videos of them on like crap high school football fields, and then they have like they post the like eye emojis. We're like, oh, you know, like watch out for Josh Gordon this year. It's like, dude, he might not even get a, a contract. So yeah. <laughs> relax. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Off the first Josh Gordon suspension, true story. I bought an authentic Josh Gordon Browns jersey for 50 American dollars in a mall in Arizona. So I've got it in the closet. Look at that. DHK just don't listen to this part, though. Yeah, DHK don't listen. But I remember I was at the store, and they had Johnny Football. Like, Cleveland, it was, like, his first year, and I desperately wanted the Johnny Football. And my dad was like, yo, like, this one's, like, half price. You got to get this one. I was like, okay. Okay. Wow, Johnny Football, what a star, signing those autographs for 30 cents. (laughs) I was. This is a, I actually had a question about this. Thirty cents a piece for your autograph. Would you sign like literally the entire day? I wouldn't even. I'd. I'd just call in sick to practice and just sign autographs all day. 
But like only- you, you personally, how long could, would you sign for thirty cents an autograph? Like how many hours would you sign? For? I feel Is like it, it like depends infinity? on. I feel like it depends on how long it takes you to write your autograph. If you're like, you know, if you got like the John Hancock, like super pretty, <laughs> me, you know, maybe it's not worth it. But if you can just get a couple quick ones out there, I think I would do it for like five hours, maybe. Yeah. So Six. five. So if you got five hundred autographs, that'd get you one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. So, so I'm, I don't I'm know thinking, how many you can pump out in an hour. I'm thinking I could pump out. You think five hundred an hour is realistic? I think so. Like if you're just like Owen yeah. said, if you're just doing the hand call, like the quick. Yeah, I'm just pumping them out fast. So then yeah. that's yeah. like. Yeah, good living for Johnny football. That's not bad. Yeah, that's something I could totally see Johnny doing because he has no regard for his throwing hand. That wrist was going to practices just stiff as a board. (laughs) He was throwing throwing absolute javelins into the ground, (laughs) but he was making 150 an hour. So credit, shout out Johnny football, businessman. Hold on. When he was doing his little money sign thing, every time he scored a touchdown, was he referring to the 30 cents he'd get from every autograph? I think that's what he was referring to. I think so. I think he's just wow. stretching out the wrist muscles there. Yeah, he's like, oh, my wrist is a little tight. <laughs> we cracked yeah. the code. We figured it out. I love Johnny football. Like, literally, my, one of my first favorite athletes. Me too. When he beat Alabama. We're- I was watching. I was literally like, wow, this kid's my hero. Yeah. yeah. I think we're all huge fan-controlled football fans. So, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I know we've all been following this season. So Yeah. Is, how many games did they play before it went bankrupt? Like, Take at least a couple. Yeah, Johnny got a couple snaps in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the NFL, nothing better. We're in the midst of the NBA playoffs. Things are getting deep. Uh, we're in a bit of a weird situation here. Some teams are done. Some teams are moving on. The matchups aren't totally set. They're set out east. We'll get to that later. If you're here for predictions, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. But the surprise of the week, the Boston Celtics, seemed like Changes had to be made. Not completely unsurprising that Danny Ainge is out, but Brad Stevens all of a sudden having a vacancy at coach and him moving up. I think it's a bit of a stunner. Do you think Stevens will be able to successfully make the transition to the front office? Um, I, I personally don't think so. I think it's like the classic case of a franchise just believing way too much in one guy. Um, even as a coach, I mean, he was all right as a coach, but I mean, freaking Boston Celtics fans were saying, you know, I'd rather have Brad Stevens than Kawhi Leonard. I'd rather have Brad Stevens than um than Anthony LeBron. Davis than LeBron. So they thought he was the most powerful man in the world. They've been to the conference finals, I think, twice. Didn't really do much. weren't a threat um, in those conference finals. So I don't. I personally don't think he's gonna do great. I don't know. I think his he's best suited to just be a coach there. I don't know. I think they. Uh, they obviously have a lot of faith in him because I was reading that they were pers- they thought about pursuing Sam Presti and I mean I don't know if they would have gotten him, but they I considered too. making wow. a run and decided not to because I'm assuming they have faith in Brad Stevens. So well, I don't know even, what that says. Yeah. yeah. Even then, why would Presti want to do that? He amassed all these picks. Like you might as well just yeah. see the end of it. Why would you oh, just he's... leave? He's addicted to trading for draft picks. So like he can't go from rich to poor like that. He's got draft pick currency over there. So you're saying they were kicking the tires on Sam Presti? 
Yeah, they were interested, but that's a like classic they, Celtics. Like, I'm interested in Anthony Davis. I'm were they kicking the in... tires on like Popovich or like Masai? <laughs> yeah, maybe probably. Some of those guys. Probably just kicking the tires. Yeah, I just t- took it for a test drive. Pat Riley, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pat Riley bringing <laughs> back kicking over. The tires. They were interested. Yeah, I agree. Though this is this is a lot of work to turn around. Like this, I don't think they're really close to contending. To be honest, I mean they have two really great players, but. The rest of this roster is kind of a mess. And it's like when I saw that he said he was burnt out from coaching, so he moves on to be the like executive in charge. I don't think that makes any sense. No. It's like a 24-hour-a-day yeah. job. You can't just like – you don't think it's going to be easy switching over. They've got a couple guys. Like I think, just putting it bluntly, I think they are in search of a little more diversity considering that they're not – exactly the most diverse franchise historically in terms of their front office and coaching. I know they had doc for a while, but I think like Fizz, Chauncey Billups, I read that Becky Hammond was maybe going to get an interview. That'd be cool. But I don't know. I think this is really strange. I, I don't totally understand it. I'd honestly, I I'd, I'd hire Chauncey Billups. I feel like that like ex player to coach can honestly work well sometimes like we've seen it with Ty Lue, he's been pretty good. Um, Jason Kidd Steve was Nash. solid for a while. I mean, he wasn't bad either. So yes, Nash, um, yeah, exactly. Kyrie, yeah, Irving. Nash, exactly. Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie. So, <laughs> so maybe they should just hire Jason Tatum to be their coach. A little player coach action. Get his son on the bench. Just yeah, giving him assistant. a milk bottle. <laughs> yeah, just read him out. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting there for the Celtics because I mean, Kemba Walker really is one of the worst contracts in the league. Like, there's no chance they can move off of him. And I think he's still got two years left. And, like, when you look back at Ainge's tenure, he's obviously very successful and accomplished. They won a championship. But these last couple of years, he really, really messed up. I know I know the, the Celtics fans will cling on and say they shouldn't have traded for Kawhi. You should have traded for Kawhi. He was there. You could have had him very easily. And choosing not – I mean, Toronto literally won a championship off his back, like – Exactly. And um, it's, I think it's also funny that, you know, everyone was saying how Ainge fleeced the Nets, fleeced the Nets. And in what, seven, eight years, they were the team that basically um, lost him his job. So sent him packing. Sent him packing. And yeah, tough, tough for the Celtics there. Going to be interesting offseason for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think they need to add? mainly to get better like i think the way they sort of did it you look at the teams that are still around no team was doing the stuff they were doing like they had a young core and a young bench and they didn't really have that many vets i know they had like horford and morris but like look around the playoffs like you don't know your role when you're that young and you need guys who know what they need to do come playoff time just look at the teams that are still around so what do you guys think they need to add to improve here i personally think like scoring is fine i think they do need some facilitators though even more facilitators um i mean kemba's been okay but i I think they need some even like a rondo type because brown and tatum they don't pass the ball to anyone and that's fine that's fine they can just score that's okay but i think they need more veteran leadership and uh and passing for sure yeah somebody set the table oh guy yeah i would i would agree with that i think they're in a tough spot because, like you were saying, cap wise, they're, you know, they're kind of in a bind. So, I, you know, they're one of those teams where it's just, it's going to be, they obviously need more pieces. It's just they're in a tough situation to kind of build it out. And obviously, 
they don't really have the draft capital to really make a, a splash there. So I don't know, maybe, yeah, add some, somebody like a like realistically someone like a Rondo is probably the best they're going to be able to get as far as somebody that can actually legitimately help their team. Yeah. I don't know if that pushes them into contention. I would, I would argue that it probably won't, but I mean, they're in a tough situation. So you got to work with what you got, I guess. I mean, also, I think they wouldn't they need like a legit center too. I mean, they gave up Tice, but I thought Tice was one of their better centers. Like, I mean, yeah. I know that uh, in the Toronto series last year, he, he was really good. Like, he was tough on the ball. Like, he could score, played great defense, block. Like, I didn't really get why they just let him go like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't fully understand that one either. I think that was weird. And I like Robert Williams, but I don't think he's a legit like starting center. I think he's no. more of a bench piece for you. But I, I was gonna say like an Austin Rivers type, something like that. You just need guys who know their roles. Like watch them play right now. The guys they put out there, they're like, they're not even close to finished products. Like what is Romeo Langford doing starting for you in playoff games? I don't understand how they, how they ended up with this team with all the assets they had. It makes no well, sense. Well, I'm not sure what like the direction they were going towards was that they really thought that all these like 20 year olds can just get them to the finals and be serious contenders for, for a long time coming. It's going to take way more than that. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, they made some bets and lost too, like on Kyrie. Gordon Hayward obviously didn't work out. Like they had a legitimate, you know, they were maybe not favorites, favorites, but they were in the conversation just a couple of years ago when they were able to get Horford, Kyrie. Kyrie Hayward, yeah. Hayward, all those guys. Low key. Like- Sorry, Phil, just quick. If you think about it, I don't know if they could have fit Chris Paul's contract, but if they somehow managed to get Chris Paul on the team instead of like Kemba or something, I feel like he would have contributed way more to them. Because with that, you get the veteran presence and and the and the setting the table, like, you know, passing, assists, all that. Yeah, I don't know how interested OKC would have been because Kemba's contract is so bad, but I mean Look around the league. How many teams could use a Chris Paul? Seriously, there's only one yeah. Chris Paul. I think he's going to cash in this summer because yeah. his value's like never been higher. I saw he's opting out and he wants like 120 million. Somebody's going to pay him that. It's just he can do so many things that nobody else in the league can do. Yeah, um, and his free agent class is so it's so he's this he's the crown jewel of this class essentially. Yeah, he'd be the piece unless Kawhi yeah. changed his mind. Yeah. But uh, since the last time we spoke, a couple more teams have been eliminated. Most recently, Portland, Washington. Poor one out, but my Wiz did win a game. I told everybody, Wizards to go. win one game. I was right, baby. Did Embiid get hurt? Yes. That's okay. We, we shoo it under the table. Wizards won a game. Knicks also eliminated. We talked plenty about them last episode. Uh, Memphis as well and Boston to go with the two out of those five. So, again, Boston, Portland, Washington, New York. Memphis, which out of those do you think is closest to being an actual contender? I would probably take Memphis because I think Jaw has improved basically every year of his basketball career. He's been better, and I was impressed by how the team played. I mean, I know the one win they had was without Donovan Mitchell, so I, you know, obviously not against the full team, but uh, I think they've got some nice young pieces. I think Dylan Brooks is is very good. I think. John Morant, obviously, if those guys continue to develop, they could be a legitimate contender, I think. Obviously, with the guys like JV and other supporting, you know, players and supporting roles, I think they could be a legitimate contender if they keep developing. Yeah. Got a few stars in the making, I think. 
Just just quick on Memphis, I agree completely with Owen and stuff, but I think people are like kind of blowing out of proportion their their postseason here a little bit. Like I was reading articles about how Memphis had this tremendous showing about how unbelievable their future are, how they're going to be like, you know, really like, I mean, they won, what are we going to count? Like one and a half playoff games? Like was the plane like, or sorry, they beat the Spurs too. So I guess what, two, two, three playoff games. Four, I Spurs mean, win counts for double. Double, right. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But like, I mean, against the Jazz, like they, they beat them without Donovan Mitchell. Um, and then all the other games, man, they lost both at home. None were really close. I still think they have some work to do because I think it's scary if you're going to set like uh, like if you're just going to be super happy with with what they accomplished for a young group like this to say, yeah, you know, if we get a couple wins in the first round, it's it's all good and stuff. So although they did they did do, do OK, I don't think it was anything uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I agree, because it's not like look at the teams ahead of them in the West. Who are they beating out of that group? You can beat Utah for a game, but. Who would you actually pick them to beat four times out of seven out of the teams that are in front of them right now? Exactly. So I I don't know. I think I agree with you that it's kind of dangerous to award that precedent, but they've come a long way in two years too. So respect to them. But uh, out of that group, I think I would probably take the Celtics just because they're starting with the highest, the best player. You start with the best player. I'm, I'm agreeing with with Phil here too. I'd go with the Celtics. Um, although we shitted on them a little bit here before, I still don't think they're super far away. You got two guys that are Tatum is probably top twenty. Brown is top thirty, top forty. Like Brown's unbelievable too. Um, I just think you need to get the right pieces. You need to get the right fit. You got to keep trying, and and they just shouldn't be afraid to go for it one year. Like just go yeah. for it. Get that premier guy. Get that star, and just go for it. Yeah, I like like. I don't love the sporting cast, like I said in our previous conversation, but what you're starting with is just higher than those other teams are starting with. Like, I really like Ja, but who's the second guy? I think Jaron could be that guy, but he's not that guy right now. And the Knicks, I would probably put the Knicks right there too because, what I mean, it's the Knicks. You're going to be able to get a star, and a star is going to want to come to you. Like, they saw what happened in the Garden. They have cap space. They've got Randall. Yeah. And just quick, I, I thought of this comparison in my head here. Um, you could compare Dallas and the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics look way better on paper to me than Dallas does. I mean, you could say, I think now with Doncic, how he's been playing, he might be a little bit better than Tatum, but I don't think it's a crazy gap. But with Dallas, like you said, you really see like everyone knows their role. Luca's the guy. You've got guys that pass. You've got guys that score. you got like defensive guy like everyone like yeah. they're really set carlisle really got them set and i mean look they're about they could eliminate the clippers um by by today tomorrow night yeah oh, yeah, yeah, tomorrow today. Night. yeah yeah it's true they like guys who are set in their roles that's what i'm saying the celtics do not have that at all there that doesn't exist with them but dallas has it figured out there but i i think Doncic is like a legit top three guy honestly well he's just doing some lebron stuff now now yeah. it's just getting ridiculous He's like an all-timer with the way yeah. he's playing. So yeah. oh, for shout sure. out to him. I, I hope teams are kind of kind of realizing that when a, one of those elite guys becomes available, you have to you have to take your shot. Yeah. I hope that's a lesson that teams are, are learning because Ainge, I'm sure, is kicking himself now, as is Pat Riley, as are all these guys who had a shot at any of these elite players over the past few years. It doesn't usually work out when you don't take them. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have, I think this is an interesting thing for OKC to note specifically, but when you have the amount of picks that the Celtics had, 
you're compelled to just take the guys in the spots and play them, but you end you end up with a surplus. And like I said, there's nobody with a defined role. When you're coming into the league, you don't know what you're gonna be. Exactly. Hardly nobody knows. And you need guys who are set in their ways and know that this is what my team asked for me and I'm not gonna try to do anything else. So I think it's important to find that right balance, but we'll see what happens down the line there. And uh, I'd like to throw this in too. Devin Booker, Phoenix is laying the smack down on the Lakers as we're recording this. It looks like they're moving on. And Trey Young hushed up the Knicks crowd the other day. Two young stars taking shine. Fellas, if you had to pick between the two, you're starting your franchise right now. Who are you taking? I love Devin Booker. Don't get me wrong. I love Devin Booker. I think he's unbelievable. I think I just have to go with Trey Young. Like, he freaking won three games at MSG. He, he's got a good supporting cast, but he doesn't have this other star where that can just put the team on his back. I think Trey put the team on his back, and I was super impressed with how he handled all that pressure. You got people spitting on him, chanting stuff, um, saying all sorts of shit to him. Put the team on his back. I mean, the way he played, he he's honestly matured too. I remember his first year looked terrible. He was pulling up from half, doing all this dumb stuff. Now, although he's still a scorer, he, he, he still facilitates for other guys. I mean, how many open threes do they get from him just carving the defense up? You got, he kicks out to Gallinari, kicks it out to Bogdanovich, Herder, all these guys. And I think it's a lot of it because of Trey Young. So honestly, I think I'm just going to go with Trey Young here, but it's tight. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd love to disagree with, uh, with Alex here and play little devil's advocate, but I have to agree. I think almost in most, in most, you know, most ways you slice this this conversation, I think Trey Young comes out on top. I mean, he's younger. He's 22. Booker is 24. So, I mean, they're similar in age, but obviously Trey Young has less experience and is a bit younger. They're, they shoot a similar clip from three and from two, and, and they put up similar numbers. Um, but I think the difference is kind of what Alex was alluding to, is, is Trey Young is one of the best passers, in my opinion, in the NBA. I think he's, especially in pick and rolls, he's able to pick apart the defense. And I think that is for, you know, an alpha, somebody who's like, you know, takes the reins of the offense, that is something you want. Is somebody who can score and pass. And clearly his team is better because of it. So I would give him the edge because of that. I know his defense hasn't been what, there's, you know, leaves something to be desired. And I don't know. Really, if, if you can get better, yeah, yeah, if it'll get better, it's you know, I don't, but yeah, I would give I would give Trey Young the edge based on that, based on his ability to pass and score and his age for sure. Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna agree with both of you, but it's super tight. Like Devin Booker can play make two. I think that if Chris Paul cuts and leaves somewhere, we're really gonna see what he's made of because obviously Chris Paul's made things easier, but I don't think it's like, he's going to get that much worse when Chris Paul leaves. Like I think he just is who he is and doesn't really matter who his point guard is at this point. He's that good, but I put them both right up there and super impressed by both. Yeah. Just, I just wanted to add here quick too. Um, if we're just, each guy has his own franchise. I still think Trey Young's taking his team to the postseason before Booker does. Cause um, I think we're seeing it right here. Although yeah, right. He does have a better supporting cast. I think you can't undermine what Paul's done for, for Phoenix. He, he's been unreal. I mean, he was even an MVP voting, I think, this year. So um, I think it's that's that's why I'm giving Young the edge is because, I mean, damn, if I don't know if Paul would Paul obviously wouldn't make sense to go to Atlanta, but if if, if Trey Young like gets gets a star as well in Atlanta, I mean, look how 
I think also we've seen Trey Young get better every year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's improved his totals. He's improved his efficiency for the most part. Um, and this kind of goes hand in hand with the, you know, the whole him being younger thing. But um, Devin Booker, you know, we've kind of seen the best of Devin Booker, I feel like. You know, he's averaged close to 26, 27 for the past four years. And obviously he's improved in other facets of the game. But I think his scoring has basically, I don't know if it's reached his peak, you could say, but um, it's uh, there's not a whole ton of room for improvement left there. Yeah, but but I don't know. I, I, I still think there is. Maybe. The guy's I mean, getting better every year, and the stuff he's doing now is not stuff he could do two years ago. Like, I just – I don't, I don't know if his numbers it. reflect that though. Yeah, but you can see it on the court, and his and his team's going to make a run here. I mean, Trey Young, we'll see. It's a natural segue. The Hawks and the Sixers—they're set for round two, all clinched up. And fellas, I think this one might be tight. Owen, who would you take in this series, and who are you picking? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a tight series, but uh, I, I like the Sixers, given you know if if Embiid is healthy. I think, you know, obviously I picked them to beat the Wizards in four. And, I mean, it's a gentleman sweep, essentially. You know, they won in five. So, I think we saw what the Sixers can do with with a team like the Wizards. And I think the Hawks are better than the Wizards. But I, I loved what I saw from uh, from Harris. I loved what I saw from Embiid. And I loved what I saw from Ben Simmons. Just had a couple of games where he, he was able to score the ball quite well. And when you add that in with his with his um, you know, excellent defense. I think he'll the the Hawks are going to have a tough got tough time scoring the basketball because outside of Trey Young, if you can contain a guy like Trey Young, I think you have a really really tough time winning a basketball game. If if your best player in Trey Young is then able to get going, because they rely on him for so much of their offense. So I think Ben Simmons is the key to this series, and I think the, the Sixers take it. I'm gonna go with Atlanta actually here. Um, wow. Because, like I said before, I think the Sixers are a little bit of frauds. Um, and I'm going to go with Atlanta here just because I've been so impressed um, what they did against the Knicks. I know the Knicks aren't the greatest team, but nonetheless, why I'm picking them predominantly is because, I mean, Embiid has a, has a, like a small meniscus tear in his knee, and we know how bad his knee's been for so long. And if he goes out, that's a wrap. Like, Sixers aren't going anywhere. Uh, Atlanta has confidence, man. Like they've got guys that can shoot the heck out of the three. Capella has been an unbelievable center. So if they do, if Embiid is playing and if he's not playing at a hundred percent, like it's going to be tough to consistently score on Capella. Like, you know, um, they got, they got John Collins to DeAndre Hunter. So they're, I mean, Atlanta's not small. That's for sure. As we saw in the Wizards series, Ben Simmons, um, like they were found the heck out of him and he couldn't hit free throws late in the game at all. So I feel like that's going to be a factor going down the stretch too. And the longer this series goes, it's going to be it's going to be really tough for the 76ers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Atlanta in seven. I like that pick. I do like it. And Owen knows this. Before Embiid went down, I was gonna pick the Sixers in four. I was gonna do it because I thought that if you could just put Thibel and Simmons on Young, it would make things very difficult for him. But the knee, the knee is scary. And I I know that they have scores, but like. Us three could score on the Wizards. The Wizards yeah. aren't exactly a brick wall out there. Yeah. So I'm I'm tentatively gonna pick the Sixers and six, but I could see a world where the upset happens now just because of Embiid's injury. If Embiid was 100, percent I would not even consider picking Atlanta. But 
it has to be in consideration now with his health. And we'll turn over to the other series in the East quickly here. It's going to be maybe the series of the playoffs. It's Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I mean, this is really what the East comes down to in my mind, especially if Embiid is not healthy. Alex, you picked Milwaukee to start the year to make the NBA Finals. Are you um, going to amend that now and I'm, pick Brooklyn? I'm going, baby. We're going with Milwaukee. They're going to beat the Nets. I'm not turning back. Suns, so through round one, I'm still good. Yeah. beat the Heat. Suns looks like they're going to knock the Lakers out here. Certainly so does. still good. Uh, the dream is still alive, baby. Bucks, Suns. Can you imagine it? Friday night light. Oh, man, it's going to be so good. Can't wait. So, yeah, the Bucks are going to beat the Nets. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go seven here. Nets are a heck of a team. But um, they had some, I don't know, man, they had some scary moments there against the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics, I think, took a lead a couple a, a couple times there in, during the games. They stole a game from the Nets, which, I mean. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. I know it's a game, but still, nonetheless, who wants to play an extra game? So um, that was interesting to me. I think I think the Bucks have confidence. Hopefully, they're not rusty in the first couple of games. They've been off for a while since they dusted the heat so quickly. But I, I think Giannis is going to be really hard to stop. I don't think the Nets really have anyone to put on him. I, if, if Middleton's clutch for them too, I think the Bucks are going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, I, I agree with you the whole way. I'm taking Milwaukee as well. I'm a believer. The Nets, use the thing with the Nets. I don't feel good picking against them because literally at no point in the game do I think a lead that the other team has is safe. Like yeah. The Nets could rattle off 14 in a minute. Yeah. That's how scary they are. But I just – I really like the balance on Milwaukee's big three there. Like, it's a legit big three. Drew Holiday is one of the best 20, 25 basketball players on the world. He just yep. – he's that good. Middleton can fill it up, and they don't have the stoppers to get all three of them. So, if – I think this is really going to be a t- the toughest matchup for Brooklyn on the whole board left. So, if they can get through this, I think they would probably win the championship. But this is going to be a heck of a series. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a it's it basically a nightmare matchup for for the for the Nets for Brooklyn. It's maybe the worst matchup they could have they could have t- they could have had going into the playoffs just because I mean the way they play they don't really like you were saying they don't really have defensive stoppers. So it's a situation where it's a race to 150, you know, or whatever the the score is. You're just trying to outscore the opponent. Um, and I think in a situation like that a team like Milwaukee is matched up really matches up really, really well against Brooklyn guys who can bother James Harden or, or Kyrie Irving. But uh, I think I also have to stick to my guns here as somebody who picked the Nets. Uh, That's respect earlier. Go. And I'm going to just pick the star power to win over in, in, in spite of a terrible matchup. So I got the Nets in seven. I yeah. can respect that. I just feel like Milwaukee just has a more complete team. And yeah, I mean, Budenhoser needs to play the heck out of Giannis. If you're going to play Giannis in any series, you need to play him in this series like the most. It doesn't matter. You get to conference finals. If you get Philly or Atlanta, he doesn't have to play 45 minutes a game. You get to the finals looking like um, from what I'm seeing, who's going to come out uh, here from round one in the West. You also won't have to. I'm playing that much, but versus the Nets, he needs to play as much as possible. He needs to play like 35, I mean, to 40 plus, minutes. 40. Plus, man, plus. But playing the, like, you got to play him, bro. You got to play. You got to play Middleton. You got to play Drew Holiday. 
I said it before, you can't have long stretches where these guys aren't in the game or, or where Giannis even isn't in the game. Like you need to play them. I know it was the regular season, um, but they beat um, in those last couple games. They beat, they beat Brooklyn twice. Two times in a row. Yep. So, so that gave me some confidence too in them. And just because Brooklyn scored scores a lot doesn't mean they'll win. In the game they lost to Boston, Harden scored 41 and Durant scored 39 and they still lost to Boston. So just because they go on a scoring barrage doesn't mean they'll win. So yeah, that's that's another reason why I like Milwaukee here. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think in the in the sense of you know they they certainly can lose games. They can lose shootouts. Um, and I don't think they're really fooling anybody in, in trying to play really good defensive basketball. But I will say, when uh, you know now that they have all three together, which they didn't have you know towards the end of the regular season. I think they have – this is the this is the unit that could really get it done when they have all three on the floor or yeah. all three on playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think you got to go – like, what you got to go through those things together. These guys haven't played more than 15 games together. You got to yeah. go through the close games at the end. Okay, who's getting it here? Who's getting it here? It, you don't just – like, it doesn't just click. At least in my mind, it doesn't work like that, so – I think it's they're starting at a disadvantage. Like you've you've got to be able to go through those through those things together and say, okay, like, and it's a your turn, my turn offense. I I just don't believe it. I can't. It, I don't like the way they were assembled. I don't like much about it. I'm really hoping that the Bucks can, uh, yeah, dismiss them. Like also, Bryn Forbes has been playing unbelievable. Yeah. Like if you need a shootout, like I know they got Joe Harris, they got Sham. I mean, these guys got Bryn Forbes. And then also defensively too, like they got PJ Tucker. Um, they've got obviously other guys um, that are long that can play defense. So I think they're going to make it really, really uncomfortable for the Nets. Yeah, it's going to be a great series. Game one goes on Saturday. So tomorrow from when you're most likely listening to it, a couple of round two matchups look like they're going to be set in stone here because we got Denver advancing. Looks like Phoenix is going to advance. So good couple of weeks of basketball coming in front of us here. But as we usually do on a Friday morning, the week we get angry at some people there's bozos out there but we're also adding a genius of the week this week so we're getting a little positivity a little negativity let's start negative and positive who's your bozo of the week alex so my bozo of the week is mr dennis schroeder good um great on yeah i i knew you boys would like that pick um so as we know he was offered previously a um I think it was like an 80 90 million dollar contract extension by the lakers maybe about a month ago yeah but he declined it thought he'd have a phenomenal playoffs i don't even know how to how to describe his playoff performance he has absolutely stunk he hasn't shown um anybody any reason to give him like a contract extension or, or anything close to what he what the lakers were offering oh, yeah. uh right now as we're speaking he's got four points in game five, he had zero points. In the game before that, he had eight, po- eight points. He's been absolutely trash. And he's also, um, today he took out the Lakers from his Instagram bio, which, I mean. Loser like, move. Loser, loser move. move. Dude, just grow up. Please just grow up. Like, you've got this super important game. You're facing elimination. And one thing that's on your mind is taking the Lakers out of your Instagram bio. Like, sad. I don't know. It's just not the honestly. It's not the type of guy I'd want to go go to war with. Uh, go play a critical game six like this with. So absolute bonehead, and um, yeah, he's he's my he's my bozo of the week. And for my um, genius of the week, 
Oh yeah. Uh, Magic Johnson. Uh, wow. Magic Johnson has groundbreaking tweets. Honestly, he's a great follow. To anyone who's not following him, follow him. He's unreal. Um, and he said a couple of days ago, he said, since the Suns are blowing out the Lakers, I turned on the Nuggets versus Portland game. And wow. Good decision. I mean, that was all is, of is us. That, is that not a genius though? Like, and that's all of us. So we're all kind of geniuses, right? Yeah. Credit to us, at least. The three people in this room. Yeah. And Magic Johnson, geniuses. Geniuses. Unbelievable. I was scared some fans were still watching the Lakers get run out of the gym by 40 against the Suns instead of watching the double OT thriller. Uh, thriller. But there was Magic Johnson saving the day, letting people know, hey, guys, there's this unbelievable game heading to like double OT. Maybe we want to turn that on. So genius of the week, Magic Johnson. I love it. I love it. What a genius. Best follow on Twitter. I'm telling everybody out there who isn't doing it, get on the bandwagon. For me, I'll start with Bozo of the Week as well. Uh, my Bozo of the Week is the chef at SoFi Stadium. Don't know if you guys saw this, but Lindsay Theory, I think I'm tweeting that or saying that right, she tweeted a few more samplings from the SoFi Stadium food testing. So here's what they got at SoFi Stadium. Opening up, it's the stadium in Los Angeles. The I love stadium. hearing these. Here we go. First item on the menu, crispy chicken sandwich. Sound okay. Can't go wrong. Oh, can't go wrong. I love can't a crispy wrong, chicken right? sandwich. Veggie burger. I grew up in a house of vegetarians. That's okay. You got to yep. have vegetarian options. That's Diversity. just how it works. Beef barbacoa burrito. Sounds nice. pretty good, right? So we're three for three. Wrong. Cheeseburger sub. You guys got to look at this picture. I'm going to put it on our Instagram at the flag oh. on the play. It's literally a sub that has a cheeseburger interior. It's like a oh, long, no. long cheeseburger. Oh, no. What is that? What I mean, is with come this? on, get real. What is with this like obsession to make everything like you got cheeseburger yep. pizzas, you got pizza burgers, you've cheeseburger got cheeseburger chips, you got cheeseburger chips. It's like just if you, you want a cheese, cheeseburger, regular just, cheeseburger. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. What do you, who yeah. is ordering it? Who wanted a cheeseburger sub? Who came up with this? That's it's one of the worst ideas ever. So Bozo of the week to that guy. Cause the picture does not do it any favors. It's literally just a, like basically a forearm worth of cheeseburger. Phil, so. just quick here, man. Like I, I'm looking at the picture. I wouldn't get halfway through that thing without throwing up. That looks disgusting. Like you boys said, if you want a cheeseburger, get a cheeseburger. Stop trying to make something that like it's not anything else. It's a cheeseburger. If it ain't broken, you don't got to fix it, bro. Just exactly. let it be. Cheeseburger is beautiful how it is. And almost feeling like they're trying to make this into like some Philly cheesesteak take. Like, I, I mean, I don't even know what they're doing. This looks terrible, though. You got to take it off the menu. Disgusting. Genius of the week, though. Positivity. Brand I've never heard of. Michelle Germain. I don't know if I'm just like a noob in this game, but you I've are, never heard you of this. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm a noob yeah. in the game. Well-known brand. Yeah. Well-known brand. So they came out with a new cologne. Don't mean to, you know, turn all the fans on, but it's called <laughs> Sexual Noir. And uh, they used Tyler Sagan as the model for the cologne. And uh, these guys are geniuses because Tyler Sagan's the most handsome man I've ever seen in my life. So that's a great choice. Great decision. The ladies, they love Tyler Sagan, so they're going to be all over this cologne. It's going to be hot in the streets in the summer of 2021. So good stuff, Michelle Germain. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. Um, Tyler, I mean, what better pick do you want than Tyler? You got him here on the yeah. Instagram laying on this couch 
looks a little looks a little old the couch but uh besides that i mean he was wearing this slick black t-shirt i mean the tatted sleeves man looking looking unreal and uh good good on tyler there again i didn't mean to drool over tyler sagan but you know yeah but like everyone drools over tyler sagan he's just i mean yeah going i'm not to a canadian going to a canadian high school um i'm sure all the boys can relate every girl just loved tyler sagan so oh yeah i guarantee you, you look him up right now on your instagram he'll be followed by 30 women you follow oh 100 percent. yeah yeah owen what you got this week my genius of the week is jake paul so wow. this man just continues to impress he announced this week that he's got a big fight coming up against Tyron Woodley, who's um, a former UFC fighter who is, you know, he's quite, he's 39. He's, quite, he's 39. He's quite, he's getting up there in age. He's past his prime over the hill as one might say. Um, but obviously back in the day, he was, he was a vicious fighter and he's actually, you know, compared to Ben Askren, he's somebody who actually does know how to throw a punch and knows, you know, what to strike, how to strike. So credit to him. But uh, Jake was, he had, he was in an Instagram video. He dropped an Instagram video today. And in the video, he says, it's, I guess they're staring each other down. Dave Portnoy is there for some reason. I was a bit confused on the Didn't context. understand why that, that was happening. But <laughs> He didn't say anything. He just looked absolutely terrified. But they were, they were doing a little stare down. And Jake says, if you wait, he says, oh, first round knockout, first round knockout. And he says, if you beat me, I'll double your purse. But if I beat you, you have to donate your purse to charity. So he puts puts the cards on the wow. table, lays out the deal, and Tyron Woodley just keeps going, I'm going to knock you out, I'm going to knock you out, and he does not take the deal. So Jake Paul knows exactly what he's doing. Um, he's working his way up slowly but surely to milk all his uh, all his you know fame because obviously money. he went from Askren, somebody who doesn't know how to throw a punch, now he's got somebody who can throw a punch who's an MMA fighter, and eventually maybe he'll get to a boxer. So... Uh, he knows well, what he's doing. don't get Coming too crazy. <laughs> that, that won't happen. I mean, we'll see. But uh, the interest for this fight cannot be higher. And uh, credit to Jake Paul for, for doing what he does. He's my genius oh, of the week. It couldn't be lower in this household. I really don't care. I'll get a live <laughs> stream of it on the, fl- on the fight day. And uh, that'll be the end of the story. <laughs> uh, lastly, as we do, on a Friday, we close it off. No conclusive evidence. Fellas, what do you come up with this week? So for um, no conclusive evidence for me, boys, Lillard needs to leave Portland. This has to happen. Um, I can't take it anymore. I'm sure he can't either. Like, it's been ridiculous. He's been to the conference finals only once in his career. Got wrecked. Um, and I don't get what the point of getting to the playoffs is when I mean, you can only win like one round, get knocked out. My opinion, he like management hasn't done enough to get Lillard serious help. Kind of feel like they lucked out on Carmelo. No one wanted him like 16 months ago. Like you can get a freaking tryout. And and also when you look back, what year can you really say that Portland went for it all? I remember them like ever doing that where you say, wow, Portland really put all, you know, went full out, traded like picks, whatever. They've never really done that. They've always been satisfied with Lillard and McCollum. And then they always add kind of like a small trade deadline piece, kind of like they did with Powell, Covington, Covington yeah. those kind of guys. And then their draft's been pretty bad too. Like they took McCollum and Lillard. And then after that, they took Hollis Jefferson in 2015. Hasn't, hasn't really panned out for them. They took Caleb Swanigan and Harry Giles in 2017. 
Anthony Simons, I mean, he's okay. They took him also in the first round. And then Nazir Little in 2019, who hasn't played a single minute of playoff basketball. So those are all picks that they could have used to invest in a third star or, or, or just better players to help them get over the edge. So um, Lillard, man, you, you got to get out of there. Wow. I can understand that. It's a tough situation. He was really just doing all the work for them. So <laughs> I can understand why he'd want to get out. But, you know, he seems like the type that just he never wants to leave, you know. For my sake, though, he needs to leave. So, Dame, if you're listening to this, bro, take this into consideration. Yeah, and if you're listening right now and you want to do it for me, come to the Lakers or come to the Spurs, please. Or Raptors, though, like, you know, that might always be. Like, Oakland, Toronto, like, kind of same thing. Basically the same thing. Pretty much. My no conclusive evidence. You guys touched on it previously. Rajon Rondo will play for the Celtics again at some point. I just can see it happening. I can see the little video playing on the board. The place is going crazy. He's like the veteran, like savvy guy with the mind, you know, bringing it back to Tatum and Brown. I just, I could see it happening. That's really it. Do you, do you think that if he ever went back to the Celtics that he just plays there until he's 45 and just his last five to six years are basically like UD is in Miami? I could see it, but he's also the type to just like be pissed if he's not playing. So it seems like a dicey situation. Yeah. Loki, he'd be a raw coach, though. I feel oh, like, like he'd I, get I feel on like... your ass for not being like not running back on defense or not. Oh, you would right be getting play. yelled at for sure. He'd probably spit on you. Yeah, <laughs> he's he a on the bench spitter, too? and he nailed Paul in the eye like two years ago. What it like? That just was scary accurate. So accurate. <laughs> Yeah, who was the guy that was chirping Russell Westbrook? Was that his brother? Yeah, William yeah, Rondo. Will. Will, he'll yeah. bring Will in too, dude. Will be like the guy who throws the pads around to practice and injures some of the players. Oh, he's he he's the type. Rondo, uh, Rajon Rondo is the type of guy to be like, yeah, I'll sign the contract to be the head coach, but my brother has to be the assistant. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah. Right, I guess we'll do yeah. it. And yeah. Will will be participating in every drill. He'll be he dressing for oh, practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's going to start at guard. He's not even going to coach. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. the only guy wearing new gear all the freaking time. Like, he yeah. can't wait to get it out of the box. Oh, Will will never take off his Celtics basketball gear. No. Once he gets it, he'll just live on his body, sleep in it. Iced out. Compression yeah. pants, the sleeves, headband, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, all Celtics. Yeah. Owen, what um, you got? My no conclusive evidence is so we've got a lot of fans. Most fans of the show have just been clamoring for baseball, baseball, talk more baseball, please talk baseball. So I'm going to indulge the fans. And as we know, you know this year there's been um, a lot of an unprecedented number of, uh, of no hitters. And there's been a lot of talk about, about the hitting in baseball and how we can improve the hitting. And so my take, I know this is a scorcher is that maybe the reason that the, uh, hitting is so bad is because all the pitchers are using sticky stuff on the baseballs. So I know there's lots of talk about let's move the mound back or let's change the ball or let's ban the shift or let's all good ideas. All good ideas, except for (laughs) the ball. Or I've, I've even heard guys like, Oh, the players don't know how to swing the bat anymore. They only swing up. They don't know how to swing and get for contact, which is who said that take. like Marco Scudero. Like, I, 
probably. I heard that in MLB Network. Network they did. A, I think it was Carlos Pena did a little graphic about the swing oh, path. Yeah, he would know. It was like, yeah. This, yeah. So, uh, but I think the main culprit is the fact that every single pitcher in baseball is putting cement on the baseballs and on their hands. Um, might have something to do with it. So, yeah, I would say before you ban the shift and, and make all these changes, maybe look at maybe take a look at the stuff that players are using. So. Yeah, I mean, Major League Baseball is so slow to evolve. Um, it's going to take forever. I don't know if they'll ever change that. Um, no one from Major League Baseball has contacted me about my idea that I proposed a while back about fighting in baseball. So I'm kind of disappointed about that. No one's reached out to me. But um, There's yeah, still like, time. There's still yeah. time. You never know. Maybe Manfred's just thinking it over. But damn, baseball's always so slow to change things. They're always the last ones. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm for all that. I'm for banning the shift or at least like, like the way to do it is you put, you got to put two guys on each side of second base. That's it. Stand wherever you want, but put two guys on each side of second base. That's the only way to fix that. I yeah. hate the shift. It ruins the game. I think maybe you need to consider moving the mound back because there's clearly a strikeout problem. But before you do any of that, let's get rid of the sticky stuff. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's the main culprit, but get rid of it and we'll see rob and add fighting (laughs) yeah and add fighting please wow random question that i just just popped in my head who spits more mlb players or nhl players oh mlb you think so oh yeah but the nhl players have been hacking lately yeah they exactly that's what i've been trying to say holy smokes i've been watching the playoffs every i haven't seen yet a guy that they pan to who hasn't spit when he's on the bench always just ripping loogies I don't. I don't think like I watched all the Oilers games this year. I don't think there was a guy who didn't spit. Every time strange. McDavid spits, like oh my every five seconds, he he, and they're thick spits too. They're thick, accurate, and they've got like they go like they don't they drool velocity. out of his mouth. They've well, got I mean, velocity, like they get out of his mouth fast. Yeah. Do you expect him to do anything slow? I mean, he's the no, goal. exactly, pretty much. <laughs> so, well, yeah. McDavid praise. What? Look at that. Thanks. Alex. There you go. I no, needed that one. Anything, anything to make you feel better, buddy. You teed me right up. I love yeah. There it is. It's in the books. I'm going 10 out of 10 again. Sorry, Stop that's me. a fact. <laughs> we did yeah. it again. We can't be stopped. We're going for 56 in a row like DiMaggio. Yeah. We got it's basic this. physics. <laughs> We're going to pull this off. And uh, we'll be back Monday morning. We'll be talking NBA. We'll be talking about all the stuff on the weekend. Winners, losers. You won't want to miss that. So we'll talk to you guys then.